Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Unapologetically Different Podcast. I'm your host, Key. This is Season 3, Episode 77. Please make sure you check out my previous episode, Episode 76, WNBA, Fair Invasion, and Yogati. That's where I spoke about the WNBA new agreements, the fair invasion going on in New York City pertaining to black and brown communities, and Yogati um, partaking in a federal lawsuit against Mississippi State Prison of, of their unfair treatment of black and brown people within their prison industrial complex. So please make sure you check out that episode. Um, let us know your take on it as well. Drop a DM or slide in our comment area. Or you can also send us an email at unapologeticallydifferent.com. Now let's get into it. So as of recent, Terry Crews did an interview with NBC. <laughs> he was asked about how Gabrielle Union was treated while at America's Got Talent, also known as AGT. And in this previous episode, I did discuss how Gabrielle Union was unfairly fired from AGT because she spoke out against um, racism and sexism going on behind the scenes and how it was a toxic environment. Well, here comes Terry Crews in this recent interview with NBC saying that he's never experienced racism. He even went on to say that working in that environment has been the best, um, the greatest experience he's ever had in his life. Didn't understand why he felt the need to go on a rant about that to talk about what his experience was like because they were asking him pertaining to Gabrielle Union and what she experienced being there. I had a huge problem with him speaking out against that because it goes to show that he didn't really support her, especially when she was one of the ones who supported him when he came out about his sexual assault incident back in the day. For those of you who don't know, um, Terry Crews did speak out about how he was in a party with his wife and like a top executive in the industry grabbed his crotch right in front of his wife. And he just felt so he felt disgusted and he, he felt dehumanized in a situation. He didn't feel like a man. And the way he initially wanted to react was to, like, knock this guy out. He didn't do that because of how society was going to perceive him. But he had Gabrielle Union support. A lot of black women came forward and supported him. So to now know that he came forward to speak about this Gabrielle Union situation, it's like he negated what she experienced on AGT. It doesn't matter what his what his experience is like on it, if it's even true, or he's just saying it to get a check. But it's the fact that you could speak out against her and she supported you. And he even said how much black women came forward and supported him during his sexual assault case. So why would you come out and say something against her like that. You know, in the words of Demetria Lucas, shut the fuck up is free. Like, completely free. You didn't have to say anything. And what's unfortunate is after the backlash that he got from the community, well-deserved backlash, he kept going around and making, like, Twitter commentaries as if he really didn't care and he was nonchalant about what happened. And I just thought it was really unfortunate that he took it upon himself to do this, especially during this time frame. And especially keeping in mind that Gabrielle Union, along with myself, had contributed towards supporting him during his stance against sexual assault along in the Me Too movement. So it seemed like we were beneficial to him when it benefited his agenda. But now when she had her own take on situations, and that's very valid, here he comes speaking his truth. That really negates what she experienced behind the scenes, which is really unfortunate because... At this time, coming together as a community and standing up with her is really a big thing and more so to speak out against what's going on in the AGT environment. And she's not the only one that has experienced that. Other people have spoken out about it. So I really don't understand why he felt the need to do all of that. Other people tweeted about it. Mark Lamont Hill, he tweeted, if Terry Crews wanted to protect his own interests by remaining silent and not supporting Gabrielle Union, it would have merely been unprincipled. But the fact that he actively contradicts her claims when he could have just said nothing at all is deplorable. Also, Jamel Hill tweeted, beyond disappointing, Terry Crews, 
could have spoken to his experience without going overboard to discredit Gabriel Union. Facts. By the way, I didn't have to know Terry Crews or see what happened to him to support him. Sadly, black women are used to this. And this is very true. And I'm glad Jamel Hill spoke about that because I feel like as black women, we always fight for the community. We stand up for the community and we always try to be there for our black men. But it's not properly reciprocated throughout the community. And this is a really big problem. Gabrielle Union finally came forward and said a little something, something. But she retweeted someone's quote because the person did say that they support her. And she retweeted saying, thank you, because, girl, truth telling Wanting to change and have multiple witnesses who bravely came forward to let everyone know I didn't lie or exaggerate really exposes those who enthusiastically will throw you under the bus, forgetting quickly who stepped up for their truth. And I'm glad that she spoke out against it. And you know, Gabrielle, you know, she's very outspoken. So I really do appreciate her for that. I'm going to say this. It really doesn't matter if he supports her or not. Gabrielle Union, you have my full support. And a lot of black women that came forward and say they still support you. We believe you. And whatever you want to do, sis, we follow through on you. I don't even watch AGT. So I'm I'm completely on board with you about boycotting them. And whatever things you want to do, if you want to form a protest, sis, I'm with you too. Because we need to speak about these toxic work environments and put a lot of stuff for to the forefront and make it an environment for everybody to want to work black white or purple no matter what your background is or your sexuality it's not fair that certain people are treated indifferent than opposed to others so we still support you we fight the good fight and i just want to see what's more is going to come from this situation and how they plan on changing it down the road <sighs> this piece is going to be a little hard for me um recently i found out about kobe bryant's death it was really hard for me it's funny i was in my office after a podcast meeting and i randomly went on social media real quick and I saw the TMZ post and I was like, what kind of hoax is this? Like who would intentionally say something or do something like this? And I started to review other posts and, you know, I came across a lot of no, not Kobe, what the fuck, rest in peace. And I nearly lost it. I, my heart started beating very fast and I started, and I got emotional like instantaneously. And I called my business partner slash producer, um, Tyrone Smith, because he's out in Seattle. And I'm just like, maybe he knows more than I do. And I called him and I told him and he was like, no, he's not. And he's looking through his phone and he was like, yo. And I literally just started crying, got off the phone with him. And I was just like going through all the media sites, trying to figure out what happened, what's going on. You know, as of, a lot of you know, he passed away. Um, in a tragic incident in a helicopter. And it was like eight other people in there, along with his daughter, Gianna, who was 13 years old. It was really sad and disheartening um, to know that she was only 13 years old. She didn't get to live her life. You know, um, yes, she lived for a little bit, but she, of course, she had dreams and aspirations that she wanted to do down the road. And it's just so sad to see how all of that has happened and all the families that was affected. Um, there's a family that is affected that they lost both of their parents and a sister. How do you go tell those kids that your mom and dad is not coming home and your sister is not coming home along with the um, pilot? And there's another coach on the helicopter and there was other teenagers as well. So they were making their trip to the Mamba Academy because they were prepping for a game and it's like a carpool, but in a helicopter. So they always making a trip there, which is very common. Unfortunately, everything happened very rapidly and they died. What I dislike about this entire situation was the way it was reported. Uh, allegedly, the family found out through social media. Now, I'm a daddy's girl. I couldn't fathom the thought of me finding out about my father's death on Instagram or Facebook or through TMZ. I would lose my shit. Like... So I could only imagine what these family members went through. And it really bothered me how the culture came forward about it and how things were being posted left and right. 
like it was like there was no real verification. Some people was Wikipedia and shit and thinking this was an actual source. I'm like, do you not understand what Wikipedia is? Like, are you serious? And it was very bothersome to me that they didn't consult the family members before even coming forward about the situation. And we, I feel like we live in a time where journalists are not doing their jobs. They're so quick to get the information out first. It's like they're competing with each other. But then when you start to do more research, it's like you're lacking in a lot of different areas and categories. Even when I prep for my show, I'm like looking at several different sources because I'm like, I don't even know who to trust. And sometimes some source will have more information than others. And I'm just like, which one is factual? You know, and it's just disheartening to see how he passed and how the, the media responded to it. And it was just like very done carelessly. And I really feel like they need to be held accountable. I think the family should sue them because it's like that's not the way you go about doing things. You know, like everyone was distraught. Um, it's like the world stopped for a minute. On Sunday, I had plans to do more work. I couldn't function like logically. I could not get anything done. My business partner was like, get off of social media, like go home, get your mind right. Um, it was just hard to take in. And actually that night I ended up going to spend time with my dad. And as soon as I walked into his home, I just like hugged him. Like, I really just hugged him tight because I was just like, I couldn't imagine losing my father. And especially in something so traumatic like that. And um, it was just a really sad situation. It still is sad. Monday going into Monday and as the more reports came out about it, I was even more sadder about it. And even speaking about the media, they said that Rick Fox was on the helicopter. And I was like, oh, shit, Rick Fox. Like, how did he get on there? And. His family was also concerned and they were crying. And then luckily they got in contact with him because he did a recent interview. He was like a lot of his family members were contacting him. Everyone's and then he they he spoke with them and then realized as to what was going on after he found out the news about Kobe. So can you imagine finding out one of your dear friends passed away and then people think you died as well because you were a part of that? Like I said, journalists need to do better at their job. If you're not going to take it seriously and you're not going to do your proper research, you need to be held accountable. Not just being sued. Maybe a law could be passed and put into play where they actually take their jobs very seriously. But more so, I want to speak to who Kobe was as a person, the mama mentality. Um, I'm not going to front and say I was a diehard Kobe fan. I'm not even a Lakers fan. Um, in part... Because in 2001, I was obsessed with the 76ers, and they went to championships with the Lakers. And after that first game where we scored 107 and the Lakers had 101, it was really Iverson versus the Lakers because he was carrying the team. I was just like, we're going to win, we're going to win. And I stayed up and watched every single game until game five when the Lakers scored 108 and the 76ers scored 96 and they lost the championship. I was so devastated. Um, I loved Iverson as a basketball player. His crossovers was sick. And... But from that point, that's where I kind of dislike Kobe. But one thing I can say that I like about Kobe Bryant is his worth ethic. It's unmatched. It was unmatched, unfortunately. Um, the man was always in the gym, always perfecting his craft, always becoming better, always trying to be a step ahead. And that's one of the things I truly loved about him is that whether you are a fan or not, you cannot deny his worth ethic. You cannot deny how much time and effort he put into ball. He gave his soul to ball, you know, for years. And Allen Iverson actually posted something where he said one night him and Kobe went out to dinner. And then after dinner, Kobe was like, oh, where are you going? He said, I'm going to the club. And then Iverson asked him, where are you going? And he was like, I'm going to the gym. And it's just like it shows his dedication. If he wasn't playing ball, he was with his family. 
What was disheartening was this time around was for him to be a family dad and spend time with his family. His girls meant the world to him. He was a girl's dad. And in part why he got the helicopter, he did an interview about a year ago saying he got it so that he can beat the traffic in L.A. And that so from practice, he can make his way home in time for his daughters so he could be home to drop them to practices, pick them up from school. He was making more of an effort to be a part of their lives. And that's what meant the world to know that it's just that sad that he passed away in that way, especially with his daughter by his side. Um, they had a really good bond, you know, him and his middle child. Her name is Gianna, go by Gigi. And she has great aspirations of becoming a basketball player. She's sick with ball. Um, actually, she was pursuing, wanted to go to UConn. That was one of her favorite teams. And special shout out to UConn because um, they paid homage to Gigi by reserving two seat in the middle of its bench with flowers and um, number two jersey as of recent. So I really praise UConn for doing that. And the support and the love from the community and the world, everyone's like coming forward. It's like the world stopped for the past couple of days. I couldn't really work. I couldn't really focus. I didn't expect it to have so much of an effect on me, but it did. Um, and even the NBA players there continue to play, even though a lot of them are distraught emotionally and you could see it on the court, which is really unfortunate. Um, but what I did like about it is people coming together as a community and coming forward and actually speaking about how much he meant to them. Whether you're a Laker fan or not, whether you like basketball or not, um, this touches you across the globe, especially if you're a parent. And this one guy made a post. He was like, can you imagine as a man you're supposed to protect your children? And in this moment, thinking all of this happening in real time and you can't protect your child. He went through all of that within that moment. And he was saying how that was Kobe's greatest fear, not being able to protect his child within that moment. And I didn't really think about it from that regard, from a male standpoint. I thought that was a very valid point to make. Um, so what I will say is let's keep all the families, all nine members, families up in our prayers. Let's lift them up, give them courage and strength during these times. It's not just Kobe and Gianna that was affected. Other family members were affected as well. So let's try to keep them in our prayers as much as possible. Vanessa Bryant recently made a post. Um, she came out and she praises everyone for supporting her. I was happy she came out and said something because I was really worried about her. Hence why I cried so much because I was like, can you imagine? Um, and I was really worried about her and her family. So she made a post. And she, at the end of the post, I really want you guys to go on her page and check it out. She said, please, if you want to participate in any way and donate to the Mama Foundation so that they could take the proceeds and give to the families that's affected. Everyone said they're apparently for those, not everyone, for those of you who support Kobe, whether you're a fan or not, this is your time to step forward and support him. Instead of you buying a jersey and trying to resell it, which some of you have been doing, this is the time for you to support the family members that have been affected. So please head over to our page, look at the link, and try to donate as much as possible during these hard times and continue to lift them up in your um, praise. And for those who rock with Kobe, you already know the mama mentality. Get back to work doing what you got to do and try to perfect your craft. I'm big on a 10,000-hour rule on you trying to perfect your craft. So definitely try to have a mama mentality moving forward. Rest in peace to Kobe and all the family members who were a part of that tragic incident. Like I said, let's keep them in our prayers and donate to the foundation. And now it's time for Key's Tea. You know you're going to get a little spice when you got Key on the mic. So as of recent, for those of you who know, DeAndre Arnold, he's a senior at Barbara's High School in a town in Texas. Um, he was told he cannot return back to school or graduation because of his locks. Very absurd. He was suspended for his locks, and his principal told him that he needs to cut his locks in order for him to return, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. He's always followed by the dress code when it came to school. Even if he has his locks, he wore it up. Um, as of recent, and his mother found out, it's been going viral. They've been doing a lot of interviews pertaining to this. And 
in part why he has his locks is because his father is Trinidad and it's a cultural thing. Um, He's Caribbean. I'm Jamaican, so I completely get it. And whether he's Caribbean or not, it's his hair. He can do whatever the hell he want to do with it. Um, And I don't even understand why this high school have this policy in place that only restricts certain people. Not everyone's restricted. Because he came on the Ellen um, DeGeneres show and he said that girls in his school wear their hair down all the time. So why does this rule only apply to certain people? Now, keeping in mind, um, Barbara's high school is composed of three point. 1% African-Americans. So I could only imagine how their policies are put in place to target specific groups and people, which is already problematic as fuck. And as I recently mentioned, he went to um, Ellen DeGeneres' show, and she had him on the show to speak about his experience. She did an interview with him, and she even pleaded with the school, like, listen, this policy is unfair. You need to be more open-minded. The principal allegedly came out before saying he's not changing his ways about how the policy is put in play, but now there people have been reaching out to them for more commentary, and he hasn't really said much of anything, which is quite interesting. So I want to see how that policy is going to be put into play. Keep in mind, there has been a law passed in certain states where African-Americans cannot be discriminated against for their hair type, even in a workplace. So clearly, this law hasn't reached Texas yet. But then again, it's Texas. So I'm not surprised by that one bit. Um, I'm not sure when they plan on actually changing that and making a universal law, but it needs to be put into effect now. While he was on Ellen's show, um, Alicia Keys walked out with a $20,000 scholarship to give to to Arnold to go to college. So I'm really excited that he has the support that he needs and that people are coming forward to support him and continue going on these interviews, continue making this a conversation in our society so people understand how important it is. And for Arnold, do not cut your hair for anybody or anything. It is your hair. Be who you are. That's our motto. Express yourself however you want to express yourself. Do not be pigeonholed into a situation where you feel like you can't be who you are. And if it reaches to a point that you have to cut your locks, what else are they going to try to change about you? I really appreciate him standing in his truth and being who he is. And I hope he continues that. And I know he's going to do great things down the road, especially with his $20,000 scholarship. And that's Keys T. Also, I wanted to mention we have our Unapologetic Art Expo at the Crossing Art Gallery on February 29th. That is a Saturday from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Tickets are open on Eventbrite. We have a promo clip on our page at unapologetic D underscore, so make sure you head over to that. And we also have a new page, Unapologetic Art Expo. We're building up our followers on that as well, so please follow our new page. So um, please keep up to date, but you know the Art Expo is coming up. It is going to be a great vibe, live DJ hors d'oeuvres, assortments of drinks. We have some special guests and some talented artists in the building. We're going to be um, rolling out the artists as, as we lead up to the event. So once again, Saturday, February 29th from 6 to 10 p.m., Tickets are on Eventbrite, so make sure you get your tickets now before the price go up. And that's it for today. Bye, everyone. We appreciate every single one of you. Let us know on our Instagram page by leaving a comment on what you guys want to hear more about in our next podcast. See you next time. Bye.